0: Hi, hello, namaste to all my listeners. I'm your host, Sartagwarshney, and I welcome you all to the Balls of Steel show, where you get an insight into the business mindset of the entrepreneurs. dhandoni Soch. So hi guys, and welcome back to the Balls of Steel show. And it's again a new day, again an amazing guest. And Again, someone from Kerala. So that is even more exciting for me because I'm recording podcasts back to back with entrepreneurs from Kerala. And it's, you know, uh, it just makes me very happy that I'm getting to speak to entrepreneurs from the southern part of India. And I said, I said this on the last podcast also, I'm saying this again. It's just very, very happy. It makes me very happy because, you know, we all keep listening about, uh, you know, Bangalore, Bombay, Delhi, but getting down from bangalore to kochi kerala it's very exciting for me i don't know if it's for it's exciting for you or not but it, it is it is very exciting for me and the second reason for my excitement today is that you know today i have an entrepreneur who is in this who's in the cyber security space so guys i'll be very honest i am very interested in cyber security it fascinates me like hell uh but it's also something that uh, i'm not a coder so I'm like, oh, I wish I could do that. So with that said, let me welcome on board Nandkishore from Technezyang.
1: Hi, Nandkishore. How are you? Hi, Satek. I'm good. Uh, it's it's going to rain here, so it's a good climate too.
0: Wow! Uh, wow, wow! Wow! That's that's a great one. It's, it's getting super hot here in uh, you know uh, Delhi and Sierra. Like it's touching beyond forty degrees every day in day out. So I mean. It's, it's just getting super, super hot.
1: Let's Bye, guys. See. So, Nanskishore, how are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, uh, it's a busy day, but still finding some time for ourselves. But uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, I've been mean, living since a few days, I've been traveling, and uh, it's after like one two weeks, I'm back in my office. Right. So, it's a pretty nice way to start today's
2: nice Nice.
1: See, we are talking, so it's
0: already a nice way to start this, okay? So, I'm already very excited for this. Day. So, Nandikisho, let me start by asking you a signature question, right? So, what is the business that you are into because of which we are gonna say that you've got
1: the balls of steel? <laughs> That's a nice question to start with. <laughs> uh, yes. So, so to explain, like, let's say, uh, see, we you know, like. A lot of people, a lot of internet users are there and internet is something that drives us on a day-to-day basis now because everything mm-hmm. has been moving into digital. But uh, we all leave a massive footprint on internet, right? So our digital footprint is more bigger than our real life uh, in these days. True. Uh, so we are in the business of monitoring uh, exposed footprints or exposed details of individuals and organizations that okay. could really harm them. Like, uh, it could be passwords, it could be uh, email address, like most of us do not know what all information related to us are on public platform, right? Mm. So we just uh, imagine that we have secure venture in internet. So it's not like that. The moment you're connected to the internet, uh, you're on a public platform, you're exposing everything publicly. And there are a lot of people on the other side, especially a lot of cyber criminals, or uh, like, let's say, uh, scammers on internet who would be wanting to use your data and scam you or the scam the companies what you work with. So, mm-hmm. there are a lot of uh, related issues uh, with your digital footprint that are publicly available. So, we focus on a specific aspect of that that is digital risk that can occur to you with this uh, digital footprint. So, right. we monitor uh, exposed credentials, we monitor exposed infrastructure uh we monitor a lot of hacker mentions we monitor a lot of hacker groups hmm. uh you using your email address and password on third party platforms and we don't know whether the third party platform is secure so we monitor those aspects so we monitor on, we uh work towards somewhere around 100 plus use cases with our product so we have a cybersecurity product uh, which okay. is used to monitor digital bus uh, and it's a non invasive product you don't have to connect with any of your existing uh, any brand could use to monitor anything from a credential monitoring to a brand monitoring from where a domain monitoring happens. And a lot of, as you mentioned, 100 plus use cases are there from the same product. Uh, yeah, that's the space where we are in. Uh, well, as, as I
0: said, you know, Nankeshwar, this entire cyber security space is super fascinating. But since I cannot code and this life this seems like a... I don't know, just seems like that sweet candy to which I want to eat but I cannot eat. It's it's just like that and it's just so fascinating to look hackers and coders getting the stuff and doing the technical part. My god, goodness and talking to you uh, makes me feel like I'm actually talking to a hacker. So you must be a hacker, I'm sure. Am mm. I right or
1: not? No, like I'm not a hacker at so I'm a cyber security entrepreneur, right
2: like uh, <laughs> and, uh, Because
1: there are hackers, there are people who does a lot of Technical stuff. Uh, the, uh-huh. I have a lot of people who work with me for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, let's say, and uh, this is the most, uh, like, let's say, uh, I mean, uh, Spanish term in technological field, hacker. Like, some people say yeah, about absolutely. hacker, people are really bad about it. No, it's not like that. It's a really good thing. Like, they are the best people. I work with a lot of hackers, uh, right. I mean renowned hackers, renowned security experts. Mm-hmm. uh Like let's say who secure things. So the job of a hacker is to technically secure. Uh, he needs exactly. to identify there are loopholes in the system. Then mm-hmm. the next job will be to secure uh, the system. So uh, specifically, like let's say that is that is something that public is not aware about. And True. when it comes to a lot of cybersecurity stuff, people find it too technical. Uh, as you said, you need to code a lot. You need to uh, like let's say you need to have huge technical know-how. It's not necessary because there are a lot of Open source product and open source tools that are available where mm-hmm. uh, as a layman you could go find your uh, like let's say in uh, like start a bit of the cybersecurity security research you want to do so mm-hmm. uh, specifically that's there so uh, it's a it's a big field. uh you know, the security is divided into it's as big as the i t industry itself so it's a big right. uh so i would say that uh, i would love to be called as a security entrepreneur uh, who people are selling security stuff, some sort of security products, uh, like, uh, yeah, but there, I mean, uh, calling me a hacker would be in the system. The real hackers <laughs> in this whole globe. Right,
0: right, right. So, so on this part, I would want you to correct me also if I go wrong and give my listeners away the very first insight into the cybersecurity business that guys, as, uh, Nand Kishore mentioned, firstly, hackers are the good guys. They're not the bad guys. Secondly, there's a terminology in the cyber security world which differentiates hackers, and the other term is called crackers. The hackers are the people who actually hack into the system to find loopholes and then to cover up the loopholes to secure the system. On the contrary, crackers are those those people who find those vulnerabilities and use them to you know, on the for the negative part to try and for you know. Uh, what not I mean all the mm, that's crackers right so that's the stuff and then there's other thing called so-called ethical hacking so when we talk about cyber security it's it all comes under ethical hacking so was I right or would you want to add something to it and
1: make it better? uh yeah so basically the cyber hacker is a gen- like you call doctors like you call engineer, so that's a term like uh, that's a specific job that they do, but there can be uh. good hackers or bad hackers right uh right. so there are bad hackers too uh who keep on stealing stuff who do regular ransomware attack uh right. like there are a lot of people who keep on stealing things, but there are a huge section of maybe seventy to eighty percent or uh, more than that, who, who is responsible? Like, let's say, who is a responsible person who will, uh, go for, uh, I mean, like, let's letting know the company about the security issues they have, uh, who would be really like to disclose a vulnerability related to a brand. So that, that, that is, that's a major section. But, uh, I think, uh, I will have to blame media because they generally uh, use the term hackers for everything. So I would say if you are addressing a bad hacker, you have to clearly mention them as cyber criminals or that specifically uh, right. what they are known for. But uh, generally calling everyone hacker, like people will feel that, okay, uh, so when you say that I run a cyber security company, many of my friends feel that, okay, you, I mean, will you hack into our system or like, let's say, they keep on asking whether, uh, do you uh, or do you steal content or like, let's say, do you steal information from others, so. Specifically, right. there is a weird section which will not do that, but it's not that they will just protect and, uh, like, let's say, support the existing infrastructure. Right.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So as exciting as that sounds, sure let's dive into your business and, and and understand the functioning of your business. Okay. So now yeah. tell me that, as I mentioned, you are a cyber security company and you are, you help in monitoring uh, the exposed data uh, that is there on public public network and you know all those stuff so uh, firstly tell me who do you work with and what kind of services you're providing since you've got 100 plus use case and what kind of services your do your clients take up from you are you indian or international in in terms of your market and uh, how do people approach you how do they find you tell me all of that
1: uh, uh, as a startup, you know, startup has different stages in the growth process. So we are in a post-vita stage, but with having okay. paying customers. Uh, so uh, specifically, we work with major bl- brands. Uh, like, let's say, uh, in India, we work with brands like Pine Juice. Uh, we work with brands like Naidandu. uh In abroad, we work with some brands from the East. So
2: okay. we
1: can be governed as a global company because we have activated in different markets from, uh, like, uh, from uh, we are in the we are in uh, New Australia. We are mm-hmm. soon launching in Paris, and this is one business that uh, what to say specifically, uh, uh, like uh, sitting in India, we can get into the entire globe because it happens in internet. Right? Like uh, you don't have to be a region specific. Uh, so some customers come to us uh, with specific problem cases, like uh, someone would report them saying that they have some exposed positions on public platform. Uh, some comes to us with a specific UK use cases where. Well. Uh, some of their code would be exposed on public platform because uh, as a startup, many startups you know, uh, massively because they get funding and they don't know what exactly their entire uh, like let's say development team would be doing. They would be using uh, some uh, solutions or I mean some tools like a page build uh, kind of platform to uh, manage with their uh, code uh, coding purpose or like let's say they would be using a Git repository, Git, uh, GitLab or GitBucket kind of uh, environment. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes the code gets exposed due to misconfiguration of all these platforms. So we do all these monitoring in real time. You have to just give us a domain name, some mm-hmm. of your keywords. And if you are working with banks, you need to uh, give your BID number, bank identification numbers. So okay. based on that, we crawl, uh, we go deeper into open web, OpenWeb, deep DeepWeb, web, IRC chats, P2B chats, uh, blockchain DNS wow. back platforms so we monitor it from almost 1.5 million truck sources okay. uh, we process a huge lot of data in last two years three years we have processed uh, like a, uh, like 50 tb of unstructured data uh, wow. from where we extract a lot of sensitive contents and uh, give predictive intelligence or uh, like let's say actionable insight to our customers so mm-hmm. uh, i don't want to go too deeper into the technical side of that because the listeners may not understand the technology mm-hmm. process of that so instead of that uh like let's say everyone see like there is a phase from where you have exposed your credential from right. a from a uh, from a bad uh, bad actor obtains your credential to uh do some attack on you there is a phase. so we work in between that space where uh the moment you get exposed we monitor them and report it to the brand so that they can take necessary actions or mitigation strategies uh, mm-hmm. And also, even close those loopholes so that they can feel uh, secure themselves. Mm-hmm. So, in the last two years, we have worked with, uh, like, let's say 15 to 20 customers. Uh, like, uh, we have not done a formal launch because our enterprise version is still on progress and process, uh, mm-hmm. which we are planning to launch in September. So, then we will be going massively with marketing and branding, which we like to do. Uh, as of our customers come from uh, word by word, mouth by mouth publicity.
2: Yeah. Uh,
1: like let's say recently we, uh, we activated our reseller and distributor market globally. Uh, mm-hmm. Apart from that, we 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 are working on a very uh, unique uh, unique aspect of this so that uh, we would be providing a P X service and a platform as a service. So we know that a lot of cybersecurity professionals are there who are technically a a uh, mouthpiece of cybersecurity, or like let's say they are the one who promotes the cyber security culture mm-hmm. right. uh, and uh see like most uh, few of the products that are available already in market are so expensive so we wanted mm-hmm. to provide a specific solution that they can build a platform on our uh, data collection and our backend algorithms okay. so we are working on a specific platform like for example if you want to uh, start monitoring or you want to deploy our solutions as a consultant with different customers of us okay. uh, so we have a very specific uh, like let's say we are launching something where you could build on our platform like wow. uh, you can decide and uh, like let's say which is highly scalable and like uh, we our only uh, activity is to enrich our data collection capability uh, yeah. so that even uh, well, maybe the person competitors can also use the same APIs to enrich their uh their existing cyber i mean uh, solutions to their customers so uh we wanted to cater like an umbrella uh, to
0: the uh, cyber security right. market wow so that's that's quite a lot of work yeah that you are doing in the in the space and uh honestly when the platform is just in beta stage and you're working with brands like this it's it just makes it even more exciting and motivating that you know such things are possible and how you're making them possible so that's that's really great to see and guys you know this this re- this should really serve as a motivation to you listeners that uh, no matter the age of the company or what but you can make stuff happen if you're really into it so yeah i mean it's it's very situational also but uh, you really, but still, you I would recommend pick up some motivation from this. Okay, so now that we understand Nandkishore that uh, that you know how your company is providing the uh, cyber security services to different brands and our companies to you know check different kinds of loopholes and everything plus the 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 platform that you guys are building. So I would want to understand that uh, this this in, in in this process as you mentioned. That, you know, uh, the companies just need to give their uh, domain name and some basic details and then you build crawlers which do that. So, if this is that easy. Why aren't there a lot of cybersecurity experts who are doing this kind of stuff? Uh,
1: see, cybersecurity as a piece of a vast field. Of, uh. see, like, we are into risk monitoring, attack surface management, and marketing mm-hmm. details. Uh. Uh, they, you see, like, cybersecurity is security of a company. Not cybersecurity. The security of a company hmm. can be only achieved through a combination of strategies and small and big products. Uh, so there is no one single solution that could, uh, like, let's say, serve or, like, let's say, get her your cybersecurity. I mean, like, uh, ensure that your, your security is, uh, is done. So Basically what uh, we always tell our customers or investors, like let's say we want both cybersecurity companies to come in. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then only you can prove your work too. Like uh, so if there is nothing uh, that exists in, so we don't we don't fear a competition. So what okay. we tell in so people like keep on sending me stuffs, so what my competitors do or like this. So I so that is that is not at all a uh, like uh, it's a fear for us we keep on building value addition to our products. We keep on solving problems that come across to you. Uh Mm there is one aspect in cybersecurity because the cyber crime innovation is higher. So Mm -hmm. unless a cyber crime innovation happens, there is no solution for it. So you know Mm there is a ransomware, then you have a solution for it. Right. So similarly, uh, like let's say, uh, so our specific USP, our USP is to uh, enrich our data collection, identify more threat sources, uh, Mm -hmm. like the two years, we are not focused. We were not focused on the processing of this data. We were least bothered about what I mean, like let's say, how you process, how you make a predictive intelligence model out of it. So uh, recently only we started building this. But with the basic thing like uh, identification of a threat, we were able to create value for our customers. Right. And uh, people are working on a space where, like, uh, okay, uh, it's not specifically fine Like even if, if we identify a risk after one. week so what okay. we are working is on a time gap. Like let's say okay. how fast we can identify a risk involved with right. our customer. How fast mm-hmm. we can, uh, I mean, uh, pick it from a space. Uh, right. Like so. So these are few major or uh, like let's say specific, uh, like let's say value addition we are focused on.
2: See like uh-huh. uh,
1: anyone can start a cybersecurity company. Anyone can um, replicate a specific model. It's not the issue, but. I'm only focused on a value addition and two things that I am, as an entrepreneur, like let's say I'm highly focused on is sustainability and affordability. Okay. Like let's say if a US product is charging you 50,000 US dollars a year, Hmm. uh, let's let's say it's not necessary that anyone, everybody could afford it, right? So uh, basically, it should not be a reason for uh, brands to say no to cybersecurity because I always feel that uh, cybersecurity is a premium. Aspect, but still, I want to open up an avenue where people could have mm-hmm. uh, affordable security. Uh, okay. so we also bring managed services of uh, using our product. We
2: give managed
1: okay. services to customers so that uh it's the same, it's almost the same. So they don't have a dashboard uh, where they could real do a real-time monitoring, but we have integrations where we could give real-time analytics to customers using a managed service, but the mm-hmm. service is saying uh the the we identify threats are same, the way we mitigate threats are same. Uh, mm-hmm. Like let's say uh, it is from the same 1.5 million plus sources what we provide data. But specifically, mm-hmm. if there are brands who want to test that, we ensure that we give that space to the customers because affordability and scalability are something what we are highly focused on because we wanted to build affordable cybersecurity products. As we grow, uh-huh. we want everything will become. Very, uh, very natural, like everyone would be wanting to have a cybersecurity strategy and product. So, at that thing we want to fit it. That is why it mentioned about a platform where they can even build their cybersecurity product over True, true. Wow, yeah, that's actually
0: looking probably five to seven years ahead because of the advent of uh, our technology and because of pandemic. We have moved so fast into digitization that. A lot of people definitely have looked uh, over this aspect and left this out, uh, left the outer aspect of uh, cybersecurity. And then there will be a time when this thing will come back to haunt and you're preparing for that time. That's, that's insane, yeah. That's really, really insane. Okay, I get that. So now, you know, now that we we understand uh, probably everything and since you know it's, a, it's cyber security we definitely cannot dive into the technical details of the you know business and how things work let's talk about the idea that how did you get this idea of cyber of creating a and starting a cyber security company. Uh
1: see basically i used to do a lot of research uh, specifically okay. i used to uh, i mean internet was very. Really, i was really much passionate about internet in uh, I mean, since 1997, I had access to the uh, internet. So wow. I was very really much used to that kind of a, uh, thing. So, uh, but gradually, like, let's say I understood there are a lot of pitfalls. And in 2013, 14, uh, 15, time, I used to uh, go deeper into the internet space, identify like, it's not necessary that uh, your data should be exposed on a, a darker or a deeper kind of platform. It can be an open web uh mm-hmm. see like i saw that people used to leave a lot of uh, information on public media
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, like uh, people and people used to wonder how they become a target or a victim of cyber scams so mm-hmm. like let's say assessing that i saw uh, uh, on facebook someone writing details of their credit card number like uh, like on a bank's uh, facebook page his credit card or credit card was not working. Uh and he, he started like let's say Posting his uh, credit card number and CVV code and asking the bank to solve the issue. So, right. so uh, I mean, uh, uh, personally, then I believe that people are like. Um, so, there are two part of intelligence. Like, there is a technical intelligence or a machine intelligence that won't let me see, intelligence. There human intelligence, and most of the time, human intelligence is uh, reason for many of the cyber scams we end up with. So, that was one thing that I, fa- I was fascinated about. And this person belonged to some metropolitan city from India but then at then was that time maybe 2013-14 and Like many of the uh, seed town, like let's say I come from a seat town in Kerala so like mm-hmm. uh, I mean people never used to believe that linking a credit card international debit card information uh, like uh, we could fall into this kind of a scam and now it's mm-hmm. really common at that point of time. people never used to believe that mm-hmm. uh, then uh, once I started actively growing, uh, growing more into these platforms I understood that um, like let's say people from a small town in Kerala, their debit card details get exposed in uh internet platforms. So then he started working on those aspects, specifically um. like uh, like let's like identify how many credit card data or data belonging to a small town. Uh, I mean, used to do this, and I think if it's not a credit card, the your human footprint is of huge value for a, a scammer, uh, like let's say. Uh, it can be PAA information. Uh, so, uh, so uh, uh, any personal identification information can really be used to, uh, uh, like, let's say, impersonate someone. Uh, impersonate someone. Like, if I have your uh, data, filter, that would be one reason for me to call you and ask you this is your data, but then this is the part of our verification. Now, like, let's say that will be, that you will be trusting me more if I'm saying that yeah. I'm calling from a bank and sending your. So similarly, are uh, understood of, like, a lot of these footprints uh-huh. uh, could really be a uh, gold mine for anyone. And when it comes to organizations, uh, like let's say it can be passwords or it can be any of their internal files. Uh, it can be details about their CXOs or like let's say VAT experience in a company. Uh, uh-huh. so, so all these informations could be linked on public platforms. Uh, so that is what we. I was highly, uh, like let's say focused on, that is what I was really fascinated about. How could we bring something that could scan billions of records? how could we scan billions of web pages that happens, or how could we crawl into a lot of data that are publicly available or are available in open source, or how could we monitor a lot of hackers chat group? whether it's Chinese or whether it's uh, like let's say Hindi or whether it's Malaysian or whether it's arabic or latin or russian and uh, scams are going highly regionalized that is something what we are highly uh, focused on we love to uh, go uh i mean we love to uh work with uh these kind of aspects about localization because uh 10 years before we have only seen a paypal kind of scam PayPal scams that are happening or, uh scammers calling us from us and stealing our money but now right. sitting in Jamtara or sitting in some part of UP. People are really tooling and they are having big call centers based on regions. Like they have call centers, uh, scams, call centers from Telangana or So, Similarly, uh, I was, so, I mean, like all the bases of all these scams are from like digital footprints of human beings. So I wanted to uh, build a business model around that. Uh, if you ask okay. me whether we did it fully successfully 100%, no, we are inching towards that stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we were able to build it. Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> sounds sounds like my you know childhood dream something doing of similar sort. My goodness. Wow, that's that's insane. Okay. So um uh, I get you know from where you're getting this idea and how you're doing this. So let's let's dive in dive deeper into this journey in shore. Right. So um uh, now why don't you tell me that you know from the uh, Tell me about your journey from the very starting point, like, you know, where were you born, where did you go to school, near college, and then when you started this company? Uh,
1: yeah, uh, so uh, I was born in a small town in Kerala called Mavi okay. uh, I studied in a school nearby, by Dishamur Vidya. It's actually a famous school in that area. Uh mm-hmm. So, but basically I would have to thank that because uh, we had computer communication from a uh, standard.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, but uh, the only thing what we used to do it was playing game. game right. Stuff, okay, so that was the first computer experience.
2: Okay,
1: okay. So, I am thankful to my father who bought me a computer in 1997. Uh, so okay. The first thing I did was that I could just reassemble that entire computer, which was an HP computer. So, okay. So, so, I just reassembled that computer and see how I could myself make a computer out of it. Wow! Uh, so basically, that was my first, first, first experience with computers. Okay. And gradually, like let's say, I was fascinated by that journey, and I ended up engineer. So, like everyone who is fascinated by computer, you go for engineering, and I I, I
0: I I can understand.
1: You must be a science <laughs> engineer there, right? <laughs> I also uh, yes. engineering from like that. Uh, <laughs> from a college named Campbell Engineering College, but when I when I went there, I thought. Uh, like let's say uh, it was uh, it was more of uh, like let's say some uh, I mean nothing I mean it had nothing to do with my passion. Uh, right. But I like let's say I was really fascinated about cooking. So before my engineering, I asked my parents whether I could become I could go for hotel management uh, okay. and become an executive chef. My parents right. were, uh, will they believe that it didn't have much market uh but specifically my parents also didn't want me to become an entrepreneur because they believe that uh like uh, like uh, like yeah. so especially in kerala we don't have a uh, business kind of culture so like yeah, uh, yeah. The only like this startup culture thing uh, this happened wow. but specifically from my school college days i wanted to start something of my own self okay uh, so after my college days i worked with a friends company for uh, okay uh, as a sales guy uh, Okay. So here, here I'm a uh, digital marketing company. Mm. Uh, so I, I work like what I used to do. Like uh, I moved into kitchen and I started uh, walking with this presentation to multiple brands here uh, in 2010, 11, and on. Uh, so specifically, like uh, that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey. Okay. Uh, so gradually, then I uh, like I started gradually working at freelance a lot. I okay. uh, entered into another company where, um, like, let's say, so my first catering audience, I thought I should th- be selling a bit of uh, security services to government uh, across mm-hmm. the block. So, but okay. we didn't work well. Um, so, uh, I mean, I was very much focused on, but uh, it's very hard. Like, let's say there are established mm-hmm. players uh, who sell with government, and you don't know the propositions so on how to work with government. But uh, whatever money I was generating, I used to put it into that business. Uh, but okay. unlikely it didn't work out and in 2016, I mean, 17, like, uh, I decided to, uh, venture out into, because I was finally doing a massive research on building a, uh, a, a B2B product and corporate field has huge sector of money, even though we believe that governments are the primary customers mm. of cybersecurity, but there is a huge cybersecurity ecosystem which only works for corporate, so I wanted to tap that. Right. So, I was never, I was never, uh, like, let's say, uh, demotivated by, uh, my failures, but I, uh, I was able to, uh, be, like, let's say, overcome from my failures, to, uh, I mean, infuse, uh, a few weeks and I just moved into, because at the end of the day, I believe as an entrepreneur, uh, he has to keep on uh, towards his goal. Uh, if something fails, again, the next day is a new day for you and you have to work. Cool. Uh, uh, I mean, that's, that's the way I can work even now. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, I may add one more point to this. So, like, yeah. uh, that is a time where a lot of uh, uh, this startup culture came in. Um, mm. When I started business, it was not there. But gradually, uh, after a few years, the concept of fund, funding, the concept of uh, all these aspects keep on uh, coming up. Uh, mm. But after my first failure, I was never focused on a a company uh, which would be, uh, I mean, uh, which we made for funding because I never wanted to do that. Okay. I wanted to build a company which will have uh, its own revenue. Uh, so okay. when I started, I never had an investor as yes, it is. My okay. wife was my first investor. I uh,
2: okay.
1: uh, buy a computer and I, I just had to take money from her. Otherwise, uh or specifically, like let's say, I never wanted to start with an investor. Instead of that, I wanted to build a uh model where I will have customers then go to an investor. Because I see a lot of startups falling because they just focus on investment. Mm. Uh rather than bring bad addition to their customers. But from mm. with uh uh maybe I would say like uh it was a luck for us or it was a blessing for us. Like from day one we had client revenues and we had worked with clients who were so generous. We could right. uh, our relationship we were even ready to uh, uh, pay one year uh, service fee of the product uh, subscription fee in advance. Wow. Uh, so that is something where we built, build where we started all these things. Wow, yeah,
0: that's, that's insane. I mean, guys, you know, there's one thing which from my experience also I'd like to add here is when you do something which is completely out of the box, things do come your way. And such things do happen where, and even as Nand Kishore mentioned, that clients were being generous and they paid a one year ad- advance fees because what he is doing is so out of the box that you won't find such services commonly available. It's like, mm. so it's, it's that kind of a service. So, when you get into such kind of fields, yes, the journey is going to be difficult, it's going to be very difficult, but you know. Uh, The generosity and the results are gonna be even more sweeter. So I would rather say go with it. Okay. So that's that's quite a journey, yeah. That you did your engineer, then you engineering, then uh, you worked with your friend as a sales guy for a long time, and then uh, you did your own business. And post that you started uh, Zang. right? So I hope I said the journey right. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, See, like uh, it's very hard to speak about the struggles, like when you Write a story always we say about the good things only, but the depth of the struggle or uh, the depth of what you have gone through is so big uh, right so uh, and then unless you reach a point where people start paying you, uh, still feel uh, then it's very very it's a very hard day. i I can understand that I can completely
0: understand Kisho okay, so Kisho um uh, if I have to ask you, according to you. Where do you think the seeds of entrepreneurship
1: got sown into you? Uh, see, basically, like, uh, uh, it's, uh, see, naturally, uh, you know, right? Uh, once you move through, like, let's say, once you uh, walk through your life, through, see, you find a basic thing, like, uh, see, like, two things that highly. Uh, I, I highly focus on this one uh, is, like, let's say, uh, being so grateful to what i had, like, like, uh, uh-huh. uh, so, so I was so grateful, like, uh, for what all experiences what I had in my life. So, right. at one point of, one point of time, I felt like, yeah, I'm overstretching. I'm overstretching a lot. I'm being, I'm being, a I'm being very genuine to others, or like, let's say, I'm being very genuine to others, or like, let's say, I'm being, I'm building or helping people to uh, massively build their business. Mm. But something is not ha- growing in your life. At the end of the day, we also have to grow. Uh, so I just thought like uh, it's about, it was only about the industry what I had to choose. Uh, right. So, I, uh, so, uh, so that is that is one point. Maybe in 2011 and 12, that is one point where I decided that uh, I should be, uh, I should be starting something then. Uh, it's a, technically it's about selling, i believe mm-hmm. uh, and uh, creating value addition to the <coughs> value addition to the uh, uh, to what you do. So this is this was the basic instinct of uh, entrepreneurship. So when okay. I started entrepreneurship, I thought it was all about making money. Uh-huh. But gradually, once I progress, I understood that it is not just about making money. Uh, there are a lot of aspects like self satisfaction uh, boost on self morale uh, right. setting a huge vision, bringing happiness to others life so that is something that i have always focused mm-hmm. on uh, mm-hmm. I have to tell this small thing that happened think i'm a Absolutely. Uh, i am i'm a devotee and a follower of uh, uh spiritual uh, right. uh, uh so i uh, in an interview like uh, i just heard one sentence he's, uh, saying that like, he never thinks about uh, like let's say uh, oh, I mean about one aspect where people will think like uh, what I can get like uh, he will only think that what I can give to others so that brings a sense of happiness like so that is something that's uh, st- uh, I mean like it strikes me very well because while right. uh, you grow in your entrepreneurship field, it's about happiness what you see around your employees your yes. other co-partners uh, your family it's, it's about building that kind of happiness and that kind of an inspiration in that ecosystem that they can also grow. So right. that aspect really um, specifically, more specifically, that really helped me to shape up my own that specific core. Uh, okay. Like when you start giving, you start to, you start to get it. True. Uh, like uh, when you start sharing joy, you start having, uh, like let's say, joy arises in yourself. When you mm. start giving money, money comes back to you. When right. you start giving food for people, buy food for you. So, similarly, mm. so I am a person who always focuses on that, that kind of uh, philosophy. Where mm. Unless you share with others, you won't get mm-hmm. it. If you believe this is all for me, at one right. point of time, you will lose it. And there won't be anyone who could really uh, specifically support you at that point of time. Hmm. Uh, and that I started learning one more thing from uh, these aspects like I started uh, I never uh, I never wanted to be motivated by someone I wanted to be inspired so inspiration comes from from inside hmm. so I, so once you are inspired uh, it can remain with you so that you don't uh, lose it at some point of time so motivation True. someone should always motivate you but inspiration is always there Like so right. these are the two aspects where I understood that this is the basic qualities were an entrepreneurship. Had. So from that 7 year or 8 year, 9 journey, this is what I exactly learned as entrepreneur.
2: And uh, it was a gradual, uh,
1: my thought process of an entrepreneurship was taught me about. it like came to know about this aspect of life. Okay. Okay. So tell me
0: something, Landgishu, what do, do, do your parents do? Like, are they in
1: service or what is, what's their occupation? So, my father was into business, uh, but specifically, he never wanted to be into business just because of the stress he knew. Mm. Uh, so, 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 he never, he wasn't into business. I mean, he wasn't into uh, financing and uh, all these things. So, specifically, uh, he became unwell in the between. In uh, so, okay. that was one reason why uh, he had to stop that. Uh, okay. At that point of time, he never wanted me to be an entrepreneur uh, because he wanted me to go for a job uh, where mm. I could earn every month. Because mm-hmm. they believe that especially uh kerala society uh, people believe that uh, entrepreneurship uh, like uh, is not correct and we are always a work focused uh, uh, like let's say society uh,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and otherwise uh, otherwise you should go to uh, buy your help to earn money so this is the basic uh, uh, like let's say, uh, basic idea so uh, my parents have uh, wanted uh, me to be into this so my mother is oh. a homemaker uh, so She also never wanted till uh, maybe uh, now also if we ask them we will say that okay, we advise you to go for a job so that you can come back at six o'clock in the night. And see for entrepreneurship there is no time, like, like right, you may have to work on Sunday, you may cannot attend your family functions, you may have to skip your cousins wedding. Uh so all these aspects are there. So still they still believe that I it better for me to go for a job.
0: Oh. Okay. So you know, uh, Nand Kishore, I feel like the seeds of entrepreneurship comes from your father himself. So I would want you to go back and tell me, go back in time and tell me if you have to pick up one thing from your dad which you are applying in your business, what would that be?
1: Uh, so being very cool, so uh, like uh, like even if something very bad happens, he used to remain cool. So uh, that is something that I have See like uh, and I have never, uh, uh, most specifically if I term it like this, uh, uh, one thing what I specifically picked is being a uh, problem solver. Uh, uh, so like if a problem occurs, of course there is something like a solution for it. So this is what I have learned from it. Hmm. Uh, it's about bringing you into the correct uh, presence of mind and thinking what is the solution for this because I've seen a lot of people uh, worrying when an issue occurs, like let's say they believe that uh, it's going, they are going to use, but I never do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that even if it's false, I can just keep it up.
2: True, got it, got it. Okay, and uh, so so I, I i
0: completely get that you know, how you stay calm and how there's a calm in your voice, right? I, I would really want to see that even something's, uh, some crisis arises, are you still that calm well uh, at that point of time, or? I, how or you lose the car? So, I would really want to see that in person sometime, but yeah, let's keep that for the next time. So, uh, now tell me something, Mankeshore, since you know you started this business after your uh, previous 10 right, so did you completely bootstrap it, or did you take a
1: loan, or how did you start? Uh, this is fully bootstrapped, so that is what I told you. So, like, uh, so I used to do panel consulting work with some lawyers, and, uh, okay, on of security issues. Uh, so, based on mm-hmm. the money what I used to get from them, uh, I used to do a lot of bootstrapping myself. Uh, okay. Specifically, like, uh, more specifically, I would say, like, whatever money I used to earn, I used to put it into this business. But okay. I used to put a cutoff. Like, let's say I thought I would do this for two years. And if I'm unable to sustain that after that, like,
2: mm-hmm. oh,
1: why should I just put money into a business? I can remain as a consultant, right? Still a right. consultant, I can be like an entrepreneur. Consultant Uh, would be doing working like an entrepreneur and making money as a consultant. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I was able, after one and a half years, I was able to bring uh, bring this startup uh, into uh, auto mode where Mm -hmm. we used to get clients' money and where we used to pay the salaries of my employees. Mm -hmm. So, specifically, uh, that worked well. Uh, So, I'm a huge fan of bootstrapping companies and then getting into the funding company. Right. Because that is where you can really prove that you can make money. Because I have seen investors coming up with huge set of conditions uh-huh. uh, for uh, for putting money. But in my case, I have an upper hand. I can say that see, I can clearly project uh, my revenues. Like hmm. uh, as I always say, say like we have a hundred percent year-on-year right, hundred uh, percent growth. We have so similarly, I can tell my industry, if, I, if this year my sales budget I'm expecting one million US dollars. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that I'll be able to cross it. Wow. Because we foresee this budget. So basically, I believe that the one uh, one thing what I learned in the last two years uh, is for three years, uh, it's to not depend on anyone else's money. Like, right. Uh, we should be having a runaway of our own. Like even if investor is not pumping in money, mm-hmm. we should know how to make money from our customers and start paying your employees. Absolutely. So uh, I strongly believe that, see, now we have... Seeing a lot of startups falling down, like a lot of uh, employee uh, firing happening. So, I never wanted to go into such an embarrassing situation. Mm. So, I ensure that I keep a capital. Like, if I'm un, uh, like uh, when I met with an investor, he was telling me that this attitude has to change if you have to get massive funding. Uh, that should be correct. But, like, sweetly, I tell that I will have a consistency, like, uh, like, going into massive scalability or going into massive funding doesn't mean that you don't have to earn from your customers. Mm. So that should parallelly happen. You may be getting a 7 crore or an 8 crore every year. Mm. Let like that happen parallel. But you can still raise fund on the other side as a reserve. Or the like yeah. reserve for doing massive scale. But yeah. every year there should be around year growth. True. True. And specifically, I have to tell you something like, we only uh, onboarded our first investor after being profitable. Like, then okay. startups are forgetting uh, profitability. Like, they are focused only on valuation. So we wanted to build a, uh, uh, like, let's say, a um, huge model uh, on, on profitability. Right. Uh, but like, of course, scaling up will reduce your possible probability, but uh, that's fine. But still, we are profitable last year. Wow. So when did you raise your first fund? Uh, just three months before, this May. Uh, we just raised a small amount of new clothes. Uh, so because we wanted to finish up this enterprise version and uh-huh. we felt that, like, let's say, again... Like let's say waiting for more customers to add on and finishing this enterprise version would lose the opportunity. Right. Like let's say we have we are having good interest on the Middle East market, Paris market. Right. Uh, due to lack of uh, like let's say manpower okay. and all these things, like we were unable to scale up to that that kind of an environment. Hmm. So that was one reason why like personally we thought we should get funding. Okay. And, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So guys.
0: One thing which I, I personally believe in myself, and I'm so glad that kishore has brought this up, <coughs> is that hey, you know, guys, right? profitability. आप profit So that profit needs to be there. थोड़े time but I think the profit needs to be there. So I agree to you, you know, Nandkishore, hundred and ten percent on your thought process, and you know, guys, uh, listeners, this this process is something even I personally am trying to follow, and something I look up to also that create a business, then go for funding because then you definitely will have the upper hand, and then you'll have something good to showcase. That yes, boss, I have done this. This has been done. This is proven. Now, I need something to probably scale up or move faster or whatever it is, right? But that stands as a proof of work. And plus, uh, I, I, it also adds to your credibility that you can do that. Okay. So, yes, now, be sure, now I would want to know, like, uh, what in your journey was your biggest failure and how did you get over it and what did you, what did you
1: teach? Uh, my biggest failure. Uh, so, I always have things uh you may cater to a lot of clients. It's not necessary that you will pay. I mean you should get paid. Right. For a few years, like this was the biggest trouble for me. So I've been doing some easy work. People are happy. Right. But uh, they never used to pay me. Like I used to ne- I never used to collect money from my customers. I was so I'm afraid about asking money for the work I have done. Right. So so that is something that always worried me. So like uh, like uh, so a specific state government had to pay me some 50 relax. Okay for the work which we have done, but I never went behind them, I never fought a case or i mean even after the fund was approved, even after it came to the uh, the organizing agency's account mm. uh, even after we uh, we did complete the work, even after two of our quarters were finished after having a successful report being fine, mm. uh, I like uh, like I never uh, knew how to take money, so that was my biggest failure. Uh the second biggest failure was about depending on someone other uh, mm-hmm. for capital. Right. So, like let's say we would say that this person can help you with the capital, that person would come up with the capital, mm-hmm. or like let's say you should have an investor to build a model on this, or right. like let's say you can only sustain, you have an investor. So that mm-hmm. two aspects in the last four or five years I thought we changed. Uh okay. I could see the I could see the huge difference that came to me, the confidence that came to me. Mm-hmm. Uh like let's say you don't have to you do not need a uh, like let's say you don't need a uh, investor for you to sustain that is a The mm-hmm. second thing if you have a good team, you can collect back all your money. So I found I mean I have two people, like let's say I have two co-founders in my company, one is Ratcash mm-hmm. and one is
2: Marcel. Right. So the
1: primary job of Ratcash was to take care of the operations. Right. Uh, so uh, so as an entrepreneur it's not necessary that we can do all the jobs. <laughs> there would be one or two aspects uh, that you would do that, duly do really do though, those aspects and mm. slightly improve the other aspect. What you have to do that. So uh, as you mentioned, like let's say, uh, like let's say, will you become very really calm uh, when you have to face such kind of a situation? When you are alone in this journey, sometimes you may not be able to come, but you feel that there's a team around you who can support you in this endeavor. Business, you can remain calm. So right. that is one aspect. What I learned. So. So I trained or like, let's say I empowered my co-founders with responsibility. I never look into what exactly they do other than I never do a micromanage and on my co-founders. Their right. responsibilities are clearly marked and determined mm-hmm. so that they can also act. So that is worked on a specific aspect where we can start collecting, uh, invoices. I mean, we get the, uh, I mean, like, let's say that get the client paid for the work we have done. Right. So that's a specific skill. That's a negotiation skill you should have. Uh, hmm. So, if someone, uh, okay, forget about client paying. If you have to negotiate with a vendor, hmm. uh, I never used to do that. Like, let's I would say that what all the vendors say that, okay, this is fine, perfect, let's pay him. But uh, I have people who can now negotiate, come to a better rate, and hmm. then uh, pay for it. So, so, I personally believe that two of these things, like um, uh, what specifically is, uh, like getting money from customers are primary. Like uh, mm. whether you work, it's so not necessary you should get it, and you should have your own funds. Uh, but right. for many years, I know, I believe that I can sustain on an investor's money, mm. uh, because investor's money itself is a uh, uh, is something like a debt. Uh, right. So uh, so uh, at the end of the day, they can come back to you when you are good, when you are doing good business, they won't come to you uh, because they know that their money is safe. But when you have a very bad time. Uh, of course, they may become bad at you also. So, we don't know. So, right. these are the two aspects I immediately corrected. Mm-hmm. And if there is one aspect what I cannot manage, it, I will hand over it to my co to manage it well and, uh, like, let's just solve those issues. So, uh, yeah. these are the things what I have learned.
0: Guys, these are learnings that you should also pick up from Nath Kishore, very honestly, because he has mentioned some things very beautifully outright there: that, you know, do not try to do everything trust your co-founders if you have them right do not micromanage because that will lead to a lot of discrepancies then you know uh, the other point by being uh, of the profitability which i which i already mentioned right uh, uh, you you should be doing all of this stuff and this will help you grow business at a faster rate and at a better rate which will last longer so that will probably definitely help you build a long-lasting business and probably a business you can, you can call a legacy. So whatever you know, Nandkishore said right now is something that you should apply. And definitely, this one skill of skill of uh, you know getting your money from your clients—that's a big skill, guys. It's not that easy. No matter what happens, clients. Se paisa you will have to you know run behind them you will have to do a lot of stuff so you will have to develop that skill so it's great that dankishore you've put that out for my listeners and i'm pretty sure that they'll pick up something from that okay so dankishore with that said you know uh, i don't think so there's much that we would uh, i would want to ask you right so before we end this podcast Nantikishu, if you have to give out a business tip what would that be uh so
1: we all are going to very, uh, really, I mean, unpredictable time. We have been seeing that a lot of uh, startups have been getting into trouble.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so we have been seeing investors writing emails to uh, their um, portfolio companies saying, I mean, reducing uh, the spend.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: so I always believe one thing as entrepreneurs, we all have to keep in mind. Um, so it's about creating your own reserve. Uh, it's about creating your own capital uh, mm-hmm. rather than depending on a third party. Mm-hmm. At least create a capital that will allow you to sustain as a uh, founder. So, right. uh, like because unless we sustain, we cannot uh, create a uh, sustainability for your employees or your entire team. So, True. create a corpus fund for yourself, which I've been trying to do since last few years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that that fund will be always there. Whenever you want, you are feeling that it's all going down, you can use this corpus fund and sustain yourself and re Stable back your business, and mm. we don't know how the time is going ahead. So, uh, right. I would say that is my only tip as a uh, I mean, limited experience to entrepreneur in the last five, six years. Mm. Uh, so,
0: a yeah. Experience. Okay. Okay. So, with that said, you know, uh, Nandkishra, I would really want to thank you for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And, guys, cybersecurity business, hai. if you want to get into this, be ready to do a lot of stuff and pull your socks up because it's not it's going to be that easy, number one. Plus, like today, you see that, you know, you can talk till a certain extent because then the business happens, right? Cybersecurity business is a very different business and, uh, you know, it just rolls balls, a lot of balls and you go places, you do whatnot. So I mean, before this also, Nandkishore and I were talking. He was saying that he's he'll be traveling to Europe, or probably he was traveling to Europe and see these guys expanding into Middle East. Things happen, and when you do something great, people are gonna come to you looking for out for you. So build great businesses, learn everything that you can from Nandkishore and. Know go up and up and up and all this. thank you so much Nand Kisho, for coming on the show thank you so much for having kerala i look forward to meeting you sometime
2: soon thank you thank you Sathag.
1: it was great speaking to
0: you uh, thank just, you just a great learning for me also. thank yeah. you thank you so much have a great day bye bye i hope that you're able to take back something insightful from this podcast and apply it in your life to be a better version of yourself and add to your If you know someone whom you think should feature on my podcast and has a very inspiring entrepreneurial journey, then do drop me a DM on my Instagram s-a-r-t-h-a-k-v-a-r-s-h-n-e-y Sartak Varshney. Yeah, that's me. I'm the founder of SV Clicks and SV Clicks is the producer of this show. You can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn as well with the same name. If you're willing to listen to more of such unheard inspiring stories of the entrepreneurs then don't forget to follow us by pressing that follow button on your podcast screen thank you for being such an amazing audience keep learning keep growing we'll be back soon see ya